Tonight's subject is words. Words and the importance of their meanings and how they are how they are used. Uh, you know, there are a lot of words in the Bible, and there are a lot of words in other writings outside the Bible. Some of these words have tremendous importance, while others are part of the structure to connect meaning ele- meaningful elements. Some words are endowed with higher importance of individual meaning than others of individual meaning. Some words are the same but have different elucidations and levels of importance depending upon the context. The way that we speak and the words we choose to utter, there within the tapestry of conversation or dialogue, is woven our sentiments, our convictions, our beliefs, our allegiances, and our faith. The words we choose in order to convey information or meaning and the construct by which we assemble these words is very important to the outcome by which proper dissemination of accurate knowledge or counsel is hopefully achieved. That being said, in the past, I I have been engaged by different people in conversations regarding the veracity of the words and meaning within the Bible. And their comment usually is regarding the fact that men wrote the Bible and men compiled the Bible. Therefore, the true measure of interpretation cannot be guaranteed given that the authors and editors are simply men being of fallible and mortal nature. Well, I myself do not subscribe to this idea. Rather, it is my belief, due solely to the belief in God and his infinite wisdom and abilities, that he made it possible for the conveyance through time of his word and the importance of its meaning. So in Proverbs chapter 25, verses 11, 12, and 13, we read, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver, as an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold. So is a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. As the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refresheth the soul of his masters. In Psalms, chapter 19, verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. These are perfect examples of what I was uh, stating before. Okay, moving along now, I ask, what is the mark 
mentioned in Philippians 3, verse 13 through 14. 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Mark, a small area on a surface having different color from its surroundings, typically one caused by accident or damage. A spot, area, or feature on a person or animal's body by which they may be identified or recognized. A line, figure, or symbol made as an indication or record of something. A sign or indication of equality or feeling. A target. A person who is easily deceived or taken advantage of. It appears that the mark mentioned in Philippians 3.14 is a target or is a target to be reached or a goal to be attained. In Philippians 3, verse 17, it states, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk, so as ye have us for an ensample. Here, Mark is identified as a sign or indication of equality, feeling, or belief that is aligned with our own. And um, uh, thank you there, Tony. You are on the top of the... I don't care what Ronnie says about you. You're all right. All right. Here we go. Psalms 130, verse 3. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? Mark here is identify or point out. Psalms 37, verse 37. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. Witness this man. See the man. In Genesis 4, verse 15, And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, Vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any find him should kill him. Well, that's kind of obvious. That's basically, a, you know, the warning sign. Hazard. Revelation 14, verse 11. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image 
and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. P. What is the mark here? Ruth 3, verse 4. And it shall be, when he lieth down, thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover heat and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. Is this an actual mark? Or take notice a spot? Revelation 19, verse 20. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. <laughs> what is this of a mark? Revelation 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and the judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast. Neither his image, neither had, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. What is this mark? Ezekiel 9 verse 4. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. What is this mark? You know, when, when we read of a mark in scripture, the assumption cannot be made that it is always related to the mark of the beast. So moving along again, my next subject is the statement, O oh Lord. In, in any moment of travesty or long-suffering, in our despair, we shall be quickened in our resolve to hold fast to our hope, compassed by faith and our veneration for the Lord Christ Jesus. For in God is held our strength, in Christ our prized goal, and in heaven our conversation. Conversation. Well, let's see in Philippians 3, verse 20. And implication, very good there, Tony. Philippians 3, verse 20. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I say, even the non-believer or the fence-sitter will beckon the Lord's assistance and oft-times as a last resort in desperation. Where do you go when you have no hope?
context is important when we use the term Lord. It determines to whom we speak and thus dictates whether it is capitalized in our writing. Isaiah 33, verse 22. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Romans Romans 14, verse 8. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. In Psalms 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength, is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? First Samuel 25, verse 28. I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaid, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord fighteth the battles of the Lord, and even hath not been found in thee all thy days, and evil hath not been found in thee all thy days. Or correction there. First uh, Samuel 1, verse 26. And she said, O my Lord, As thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. Judges 6, verse 13. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us, and delivered us unto the hands of the Midianites. Did you recognize the difference in the in the uh, uh, Lord usage in the last seven scriptures? I trust that you did. Okay, now, up until recently, I had not been um, a tremendous amount of thought to the origins of the word Gentile. But it did finally come to the forefront of my thoughts and begged a little research. 
The origin of the, gen- the word Gentile surprised me. The Hebrew word for Gentile is goy. Goy means a nation. Goyim means nations. And ha goyim means the nations. In Greek, ethnos, people. The first mention of Gentiles occurs in Genesis chapter 10, verse 5. I will read verses 1 through 5. Now these are the generations of the son of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And unto them were sons born after the flood. A little insert here. All comments from the peanut gallery regarding my attempt to properly pronounce the following names will be taken with a chuckle. So bear with me. The sons with Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Madai, and Javan, and Tubal, and Mesech, and Tyrus, and the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, and Ripheth, and Togarmah, and the sons of Javan, Elisha, and Tarshish, Kittim, and Dodanim. By these were the isles of the Gentiles divided in their lands, every one after his tongue, after their families, in their nations. Got through that. In the sense of Massey, a foreign name. Okay, yeah. So it's not Goy, it's Goy. 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 Okay. Thank you, Tony. Um, Shem, the son of Noah, and was the father of all the children of Eber. Genesis 10.21 Unto Shem also, the father of all the children of Eber, the brother of Japheth, the elder, even to him were children born. And this is important because the word Eber is apparently the origin of the Hebrew word for Hebrew. The word Shem means name, which implies that Noah expected his son's name to be Come great. He was right. The modern words of Semitic and Semite are derived from Shem's name. Shem lived to be 600 years of age. Genesis 11, 10 through 11. These are the generations of Shem. Shem was 100 years old and begat Arphaxed. Two years after the flood. And Shem lived after he begat Arphaxad, 500 years and begat sons and daughters. Unfortunately, part of this, this little previous thing about Shem here, the way it is worded, um, is something that I was looking up and I can't remember the reference to it. Uh, but that information is, is available out, out there if you want. Obviously. Shem became 
the ancestor of the Semitic peoples, Genesis 10.1 and uh, verses uh, 21 through 31. Now looking at um, Genesis 17, verses 1 through 7. And when Abram was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant Covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name be any more called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thou seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And so now we see the delineation between the Hebrew and the Gentiles. Abraham, a descendant of Shem, is the first person in the Bible who is referred to as a Hebrew. Genesis 14, verse 13. And there came one that had escaped and told Abram, the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre and the Amorite, brother of Eshel and brother of Aner, and these were confederate with Abram. What's in a word? What's in a word? If there's a lot more than you may realize or even comprehend at times. But words in their context, their context, their content, their meaning, um, their emphasis, um, even just in speech, how they're used. There may be more emphasis on a word in anger or despair or being used as a matter of fact. There are vast differences in how the words are used. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge. By the same Spirit. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What's in this Word? 
a lot more than just a simple definition in a dictionary. There is a tremendous amount of love in this word. So, folks, thank you. There's another one of my short deliveries here. And um, I hope everything uh, stays well with you and you move on through the rest of the week. And stay safe and stay loved and stay in love with each other. Father in heaven, where our conversation will be, we saints and believers in the body of Christ have open ears and open, open hearts for receiving your word and your love. And we in turn, in God, will praise his word and the Lord will praise and in the Lord will praise his word. We shall rejoice at thy word. Amen.